Okay, guys, so uh, this morning we continue on uh, in our series, uh, and we're thinking about what it means to, to pray like Paul, uh, to pray like Paul. Uh, what does it look like for you and you and I to pray like the Apostle Paul as we study Paul's prayers in the New Testament? In the second part of the Bible, the New Testament, we see so many examples of Paul praying, and this is a great opportunity for us to then replicate that, to copy Paul. As Paul sought to imitate Christ, we are called to imitate him. Uh, last week we spent time looking at what it means to pray with hope. To pray with hope. And we spent time looking at a couple of prayers in Romans 15. This morning we're thinking about what it looks like to pray like Paul as we seek his presence. As we seek his presence. In other words, what does it look like for you and I to, be more, to more and more invite the presence of God and the power of God in our lives, in the midst of all that we face, in the midst of all of our worries and concerns and challenges, God invites us to welcome him into all of that, into all of that mess and difficulty and confusion. And he invites us to have open hearts and open minds to how it is that he might lead us. So this is what we're looking at. Uh, to understand this idea of seeking the Lord's presence, we're going to spend time just looking at one verse. So you're all like, one verse. Uh, it's the last verse in Paul's letter to the Galatians. So chapter 6 and verse 18. Galatians 6 and 18. Let's have a look at what Paul says here. I'm reading from the CSB, Christian Standard Bible. The words are going to be up on the screen as well. So Paul says this as his final, final words to the church in Galatia. Uh, Brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. That's it. Let's read it again. Brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Now, you might look at that this morning and think to yourself, is this all we're looking at? Um, is there not more? Uh, and you might say that this morning because Paul says something similar in other letters that he writes to other churches in the New Testament. So it's very easy for you and I to dismiss these words and basically think that Paul is just saying goodbye to the Galatians. He's not saying goodbye here. He's saying some really important truths that apply to the church in Galatia and apply to each one of us. And this is not Paul's Christianese version of your sincerely or kind regards. This is Paul speaking into our lives and speaking to the church in Galatia. Um, we can think we can think like that about these words from Paul um, and we often do that not because of Paul, not because of anything that Paul has done but because many of us are guilty of doing that from time to time. Um, for those of us who love Jesus today, is it not the case that you can sound very Christian, but behind your Christianese, there's not really anything going on there. There's not really any heart behind what it is you say. Do you find yourself saying, God bless? Many of us, from time to time, text message, conversation, over the phone, we can say, God bless, but we don't actually think about the reality and the possibility of God blessing that person when we say God bless. Do we not also find ourselves saying thank God? Many of us say thank God, but do we really thank God in that moment? Do we actually take a moment to recognize God's goodness and grace and whatever it is we're going through and to recognize his abundant provision for our lives? And worst of all, worst of all of us, do you not find yourself saying, I'll pray for you? 
And do you not do the opposite of that from time to time? Maybe it's just me, but sometimes I say I'll pray for you. And then it's not that I'm intentionally not praying for the person. I just forget. Life is so busy. And I forget to pray for that person. So we can say God bless. We can say thank God. We can say I'll pray for you. And often these words just become hollow. There's no real intent in our hearts to worship God through the encouragement towards others. So... Hands up, we're all guilty of this, is it just me? Put your hand up if you're guilty of any of that. Um, so we read these words from Paul here in a verse. Brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, amen. And we can so easily default in our heads that Paul is saying goodbye in Christian language. And I want us to be very clear, he's not doing that. He's not doing that. I want us this morning as we begin to take encouragement from the fact that when Paul says these words in Galatians 6.18, he is in fact praying. He's praying to these believers. And it's a prayer that's earnest and it's desire for the Galatians to experience the fullness of what these words mean. Just like we prayed for Salah, we prayed that God would bless him and be with him. God would be with him. Paul is, is praying to the church in Galatia here and he's praying that they would know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in every aspect of their life. It's a prayer that we can wholeheartedly replicate in our lives. So just like we can say God bless or thank God or I'll pray for you and genuinely mean that, we can do that by the way, we can genuinely mean that when we say these things, we can also take encouragement from the fact that when we say these words of Paul, when we pray these words of Paul, we have tremendous opportunity to be like Paul and in that sense be Christ-like and we can pray in a Christ-like way through these words. And the beating heart of Paul's prayer here is this. As we take time just to meditate on what Paul is saying, Paul's prayer is that these Galatians, these brothers and sisters in Christ, would be blessed. They would be blessed. Blessed, not in a sense they would have a bigger car or a bigger house, even though they didn't have cars back in those days. Blessed in this way, they would know Jesus. They would really know Jesus, not just in their heads, but in their hearts. That every area of their life would be characterized by this statement, Jesus is Lord. This was Paul's prayer. When Paul speaks, when Paul's heart is for them to be blessed, this is what Paul is praying. As Paul prays this, understand, that's my prayer for every single one of you today. Uh, as your pastor in this church and within this community. I know many of us um, are not a part of this church, but if you live in this community, that's my prayer, that you would know the blessing of God and that blessing would take a form of experiencing Jesus in your life, knowing his grace, knowing his goodness for yourself. And for each one, each person here who knows Jesus, let me say that, that this is, our prayer together as a church family, for those of you who don't know Jesus, this is our prayer, that you would know God's blessing, you would know his love, you would know his grace, you would know his mercy, because there's nothing more important than having Jesus in your lives. This is why we gather together on a Sunday. This is why we have done what we did over this last week. We say all of that this morning, because God's love through his son Jesus, it's not just some idea that we cling to, some idea that we hold to, um, it's a brand new life. It's a personal relationship with God. It's one where we have been blessed because we know God in our lives and we want you to experience that blessing as well. This is our heart as a church family. 
Um, I don't know what you're facing today. And my guess is that a number of people in this room are finding life difficult right now. Um, isn't it good to know that we're not alone? You know, we, we gather together every Sunday. It's not just a, a day today where we gather after we've had Holiday Club and East Hall Summer School and the community meal. We Every Sunday we gather together. And the invitation is where if you're finding life difficult, doesn't matter if you're Christian or non-Christian, doesn't matter what background you come from, you're all welcome to be a part of this church family and to connect and to know the experience of being a part of a family and to know God's love uh, for yourself. And I would say as well, if you need prayer today, don't miss out on the opportunity to receive that. Um, there are many people in this room who you know, and they would count it a privilege um, to pray with you in the midst of the struggles that you face today. So I know it's very difficult to do that sometimes. I know it's hard sometimes to recognise the challenges that you're facing and then to tell someone else. But I'm pretty certain as a result of this last week, there's someone in this room who you know and you trust. Speak to them. If this person loves Jesus, they'll pray for you. Um, let's just take a moment to reflect again on these words of Paul. Paul prays this. Brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Now, as we take time just to, as we continue just to reflect and meditate on these words, Paul mentions this very important word. This is probably the most important word aside from Jesus Christ that's in this verse. And it's this word grace. Grace. And I want us, as we close this, this, this focus on this verse, just to take some time to reflect on what this word means. Because grace is at the very heart of what it means to follow Jesus. So Paul's prayer is that each one of, each one of us would be blessed and we would know God. And this is characterised by God's grace towards each one of us. That grace would be at work within our lives. So what does it actually mean? What does grace mean? But we need to understand what grace is to understand what it is that Paul's praying. It's really important that we come to terms with these words that Paul uses so that we can have an accurate picture of how it is Paul prays in this moment. And I love John Piper's definition of grace. And it'll be up on the screen for us. Piper says this, God's grace is both the inclination of the divine heart to treat us better than we deserve and is the extension of that inclination and practical help. Let me just say that again. God's grace is both the inclination of the divine heart to treat us better than we deserve and is the extension of that inclination and practical help. In other words, God is for you today. God is for you today. And he is for you because this is his heart's desire. God desires to help you in your time of need. He loves each one of you. He desires that you would be the best version of you. But he didn't just have this desire to help us. It's not that God just had this desire and remained separate from us. No, God actually did something about it. And this is grace. It's both a desire and it's evidence and how it is he decided to respond to that desire. He responded in practical help. And let me just share a number of ways in which God has helped us. And it's not just for the Christians here, it's for every single person here today. God has helped us. And so there's opportunity for us to respond to this. First of all, he lived 
we understand God's grace and how he, he is at work in our lives because first and foremost, he lived. Jesus is God and Jesus lived as God and as man at the same time. God came to earth as man and this is one of the most incredible truths of all time that the living God came and dwelt and lived amongst us as man. Fully God and fully man both at the same time. So God lived through his son Jesus. Second of all, he died. He died. Jesus didn't just example how it is we should live. He died. He took the punishment for our sin. And sin is what? What would the clubbers sin is? Anything. Think. Say. Or do. That goes against God. So anything you have thought, said, or done that has been a rejection of God, this is sin. This is sin. This is us declaring independence from God, deciding to go our own way and do our own thing. And yet, God did not treat us as our sins deserved. God went so far to love us. It was his desire, and he demonstrated that love through practical help by sending his son Jesus to die in our place for our sins on the cross. And it means that Jesus took all of the blame, all of the sin, all of the junk, all of the mess in our lives. He put it on himself and he died on the cross for all of it, past, present and future. So Jesus died. Jesus died. And third of all, Jesus rose. Amen. Is that good news? He rose. This is what Easter is all about. Jesus defeated the power of sin by rising from the dead. And by rising from the dead, Jesus showed us that evil does not win, ever. Evil might have a comma after it, but Jesus has a full stop. Jesus is the final definition of what this life is all about. The promise is for you and I. When we are in Christ, we all have the opportunity to overcome the effects of sin and evil and hardship and suffering. And we can look ahead to a life forever and ever with Jesus in eternity. And this is something we were talking about at Holiday Club. And we were explaining how it's really difficult to come to terms with this idea that, that if we have faith in Christ today, today, it's not just about this life, it's about the life beyond this life. And we talked about billions and billions and billions of years with Jesus, and that's just a billion of the time. Even longer than that, it's eternity, it's forever and ever and ever. What an amazing gift that God has offered to us. And it's nothing that we can do. It's a gift. All we have to do is receive this incredible gift. So, Jesus rose. Fourth of all, he gave. He gave. And he gave us a gift of his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God himself at work in our lives. He gave the Holy Spirit to all who decided to believe and trust in him. And the Holy Spirit comforts, strengthens, emboldens, convicts, leads transforms. Anyone who chooses to follow him will experience the abundant blessing of the Holy Spirit. God lives inside us. Can't fully explain what that looks like, but it's an incredible truth. God is at work in our lives when we choose to put our faith and trust in him. So this is all a blessing from God to you. And for you to receive this blessing is for you to say this. If you if you are a follower of Jesus today, then you can pray this prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you lived. Thank you that you died for my sin. Thank you that you rose from the dead. Thank you that you gave me your Holy Spirit. 
I now want you to be first in my life, over and above everything else. For everyone who follows Jesus today, this is our testimony. And if you have yet to do that, this can be your testimony today. And I recognise this morning, you might hear all of that and think to yourself, you know, I can't receive Jesus today because of the situation that I'm in right now, or the faith background that I'm from, or my personality, I just wouldn't get on with Jesus. Some of you might be thinking that. But the truth is, if Jesus is who he says he is, if Jesus really is God, the reality is everything else has to come second. Everything. Family, friends, circumstances, worries, concerns, even religion. Everything has to come second. Put Jesus first today. That's a challenge for my own life, and that's a challenge for each one of us. If Jesus really is God, then nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. The Apostle Paul makes this point in Philippians 3 and verses 7 to 8. And he says this, But everything that was a gain to me, in other words, everything I saw as important in my life, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ. So to make that step to follow Jesus, you consider all things as a loss compared to knowing him. This is Salah's testimony. This is my testimony. This is so many in this room's testimony. This can be your testimony today. Nothing else compares with knowing Jesus. There's nothing more important than the decision you will make about Jesus. He has done all of this for you because he loves you. So if you know this to be true, do not reject Jesus because he has came to rescue you. Paul prays, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. It's a grace that lived. It's a grace that died. It's a grace that rose and it's a grace that has given us his spirit. The opportunity is there today for you to know him. What will you do? What will you do? How will you respond to this offer of Jesus? Understand my heart this morning. I share all of that not because it's something I ought to say as a pastor. It's not because I feel obligated to say it. No, it's my burning desire. My heart's desire that you would have what I have. I've experienced God's grace in my life and I want you to have the same. Brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen.